Welcome to Humans at Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malkin. and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as Social Media Manager at 7 News Adelaide, former at SBS, at BuzzFeed Oz, at 891 Adelaide. I once did this thing, hashtag 365films in 2014. I think all my thoughts are my own. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Mikey Nicholson. Thanks for having me, Steve. This is great. I'm excited and I wish I had a better profile, but that's what we're working with today. Mikey, it's fine. And that in itself will probably spawn some conversations. I'll start with this question, though. In social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Um, I usually just go with uh, my name. But it's funny you should say that because these days I don't know what name to introduce myself as. I'm having a bit of an identity crisis at the moment because I am born Michael. Um, Mm. For the longest time, I was always Michael. And then I decided that it was too formal. So I used to be Mike. So I've got a bunch of friends who know me as Mike. Um, But then all of a sudden, I decided that I didn't love Mike. I didn't mind people calling me that, but I personally didn't associate with that. So I changed my name on Facebook to Mikey to soften it. And when I signed up for Twitter, I was Mikey Nicholson. And don't even get me started on the underscore, which kills me. Um, yes. But I am Mikey on Twitter. And now that I'm entering the workforce at 29 years, almost 30, I personally don't have a problem with being Mikey and being known as Mikey and having grown men and women call me Mikey, but they seem to. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really struggling at the moment when people say, oh, what do you prefer? I, I sort of say, um, what do you prefer to call me? <laughs> so that's where I'm at at the moment. So if anyone sees, I actually even reply to Mark. That's, that's at the point I'm at because I <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what I am. <laughs> yes, I reply to a name that isn't my name. <laughs> so, um, how do I introduce myself? I don't know. If you could figure that out, I would love to know. <laughs> I have this real deep desire to just call you Mark for the rest of the conversation, oh, but I won't do that. Please, um, oh. Mikey. That's crazy, man. I mean, I understand <laughs> the the progression for you. And I also understand the pain of, you know, now I'm in an air quotes proper job uh, that some people in that work environment wouldn't be comfortable in saying, hey, there, Mikey, well, but it would be Michael, we need to do this. Well, I told, um, I actually went to speak to someone at work and they mentioned to me, they're like, so um, what would you prefer to be called? And I said, oh, look, um, I don't know. And they said to me, they're like, look, just because Mikey to me is a three-year-old child. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. What does it matter? It's just a name. People can call me whatever, whatever they feel comfortable with. But, and also, yeah, I just, I'm at a point where I don't know. And now I've started seeing, like, when I go to um, cafes or to places Mm. that ask me, I've gone back to this Michael thing and I don't even know, (laughs) like, I don't know where it's coming from. I've never referred to myself as Michael. Like, anyway. We'll just call you Nico. 
Well, yeah, that's my dad's nickname from when he was a child. And I, I went through high school at being the only Michael. And I think this is my issue is that I never had that real association with a nickname. I was never coined Mickey or Mikey or Mickle or any of that stuff because it was just yeah. me. I was the only one. Mm. Who, who knew that Michaels weren't that popular at my school in Adelaide? Gosh, back in 1992. Uh, yeah, somewhere in there, in the 90s, in the noughties, whichever you want. It was all school. It's all school. How was school for you, Michael? Michael, wow. So mm. um, school, I look back on it neither fondly nor with exuberance. Like, it, it was what it was. You know, some people look back at school and think, those were the best years of my life, or mm. it was awful. I, I just kind of coasted through. Like, I was, um, the teachers always said, Michael could, Michael talks too much. And yep. he could apply himself better. And I feel oh. like that still rings true. <laughs> oh, Mikey, um, I'm with my people. Yeah. That's, it's essentially, I mean, isn't that what every social media person is? A great procrastinator <laughs> who talks a lot, but maybe not necessarily in real life. But I do both. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, school was fine. Like, I don't think I was bullied, nor was I a bully. But I'm sure someone will one day come up to me and say, Oi, you did this to me. And I'll be like, Sorry, <laughs> but I, I don't think so. It was just, it was just normal. Like yeah. nothing. I wasn't super sporty. I wasn't really academic. I just, I just was at school. Michael's year 12 report. Michael came to school. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And do you know the funny thing is I never realized that media was something for me until quite late, even mm-hmm. though I used to get my dad to get the Adelaide newspaper, the advertiser, which is mm-hmm. a rag, if anyone knows of it, um, the, the, the Daily News Corp. And I would get angry with him if he didn't pick one up on the way home from school because I wanted to read it. And there was no use him getting it the next day because he would get it from his school. But yeah, because it was old news by then. So I wanted it then yes. and I would get so angry. Who knew I would end up in media after all that? I found a, an entire stack of newspapers in my cupboard when I was cleaning out my room a few months ago that were just from a variety of weird things. Like I had a really big fascination with 9-11, obviously, because I had all of the like special edition newspapers from that era. <laughs> I'm quite a traditionalist at heart, right? Even though I'm in new media. You probably thought, hey, anyway, if I keep so... these, if I keep these, no one else will have them and they'll be worth a fortune. I mean, that was probably what I was thinking. and Or like that I would go back and or or that they wouldn't be accessible somewhere in the future. So how will I ever remember 9-11 if I don't have the physical copy of the newspaper? Oh, what's this 2001? Yeah. How will we ever know what the newspaper said now in the future? Hey, what was I to know? I didn't know that I was going to work on the internet. <laughs> That's true. And no, it's a reasonable yeah. enough, you know, kind of at the moment to go, oh, like nowadays, I don't think anyone honestly would give two hoots other than maybe... Um, uh, you know, uh, for example, with the Western Bulldogs win over the weekend, I'm sure lots of Doggies fans collected uh, the Sunday Herald Sun front page. Yeah, the, the age, and there's definitely. I think there's some tradition that will last, but on the whole, like I just threw them all out. I was like, this is this is crazy. <laughs> I'm not even that much of a hoarder, and even I was like, you need to let go. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Oh, Mikey. Oh. So how then does that, well, I think I was interested in media, but I just did school, 
you know, Michael Nicholson of the 90s and the noughties become, you know, media-employed Seven News social media guy. Oh, how much time do you have? Honestly, it feels like I've just... Like I was explaining to someone the other day, they were like, oh, um, how did you like? How did you get to this point? And I was like, yeah, seriously, how did I get to this point? And I was just bouncing around from like, you know, I did an international studies degree to begin with and then took a year and a half off because I was like, you know what? I'm not interested in this at all after one semester. And then, <laughs> then ended up finally discovering that maybe media was my thing. But the reason I didn't do journalism, this just shows how lazy I was. The journalism degree in Adelaide was at this campus in um, McGill, which is like not in the CBD. And I wanted to do a degree that was in the CBD. (laughs) So I didn't do journalism. (laughs) If that wasn't like the writing on the wall that I was going to end up in social media, I don't know what was. Look, it'll be fun, but it's just too far yeah, away. I mean, like, I'd really love to learn shorthand or whatever it's called, but please, I can't catch a bus. <laughs> what do you think this is? Um, also, just for people who aren't from Adelaide, the trip from my house to McGill campus would be there probably half their daily commute. So <laughs> it isn't even that far away. <laughs> but, you know, I just wasn't keen. But do you know what kick-started it all? Mm. At uni. What? Um we were in the uni bar, if you could believe it, a friend of mine and we were drinking and we thought we saw an ad for the student radio and we were like, we're funny. We could do that. Um, and we signed up and did student radio and that kind of was the start for it all. But I tell you what, that first show we did, I still have all the recordings, might I add. Yeah. Um, I did say. And you're not a hoarder. I'm not a hoarder. I'm a digital hoarder (laughs) now. Um, I, um, yeah, the first recording, um, the first show we did, I didn't sleep the night before. I was riddled with anxiety. I couldn't, I couldn't focus the entire day leading up to the show. And then my friend Tess, who is hilarious and just a rock, she did all the panelling, which was the hardest, most technical part of it. Mm. Um, and before we went in, there was this local program on and whatever they had done hadn't left the studio in the way that we knew it to be before we started. So we walked in there and we didn't know what we were doing and Tess was freaking out and I had no idea. And we had a track, a Sarah Blasco track, ready to go. So we played that and by the end of that track, we still hadn't worked out how to fix it. So a big radio no-no, we played a second track, but by Sarah Blasco. From the same album. And then by the end of that track, it still hadn't fixed it. So we just played the third track. So now whenever I hear Always Worth It by Sarah Blasco, it triggers me back to that point <laughs> of this like student radio show. Oh. oh, that's so great. Yeah. Anyway, the show was called Lols with Mike and TJ. We were ahead of our times. Yeah. Um, well, like all good things that happen in a uni bar, you were ahead ooh. of your time. And we got asked back for a second season. So, really? Yeah, yeah, real controversial. I thought you were going to say got us it. back for a second show. Oh, no, yeah, well, we got that too, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, but second season's great. Yeah, second season. We, you know, made it. Um, and this fired you up, obviously. Yeah. This got you, I, I'm, I found my thing. I need to be doing some talking or some media things. Yeah, so I was like, clearly radio's where I'm at. And at the time, mm. I also was heavily involved with On D, which is the student newspaper at the University of Adelaide. 
Um, yep. So I was editing that with a couple of mates. And so there was this mixture of doing radio, but also doing writing. Mm-hmm. And I think I slowly found that those were my two niches that I really enjoyed. And so from there, that's kind of where that idea of like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And I think at the point of student radio and on D, I figured radio was where I should be. That's why I was just mm. like, yeah, I love this, love this. Um, and so I got, funnily enough, merging all of the things, I got a job at the Nova FM station here in Adelaide and I got yeah. it by sending a tweet to the exec producer of The Breakfast Show saying something along the lines of like, who do I have to give a foot rub or like do something or other just to get my foot in the door because I'm really interested in media? And the guy was like, look, I'm on leave, but send me your resume. I'll fire it around the office. And I was like, I mean, hey, at least he even knows who I am. That's cool. But send. And so I sent it off and they were doing a big hire of street team members. So Mm. I was a Casanova for three and a half years, giving away (laughs) icy cold cans of Coca-Cola. Funnily enough, you don't actually give away Coca-Cola because they're not aligned to that network. (laughs) So I never actually gave away Coca-Cola, but I was a Casanova for a good three and a half years. And wait, crossing out of, what was your street name? Okay. Once again, my identity crisis, I was known as 80s Mike. (laughs) (laughs) And it all... (laughs) This is not something that I was given by the people there. This wasn't like, oh, like the breakfast show was like, you're kooky, let's give you that. One of the guys that I worked with saw me wearing these weird, like, happy pants one day and was like 80s mike and literally for the, he still calls me 80s to this day 80s mike so i would say like hey we're here at on the run uh Renella, blah 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 giving away uh, it's your casanova's been over you know 80s mike so that was wow i mean do you know what is very interesting about those um crosses you mm. can believe it um most of them aren't they're all scripted so you um, nowadays, back in the day, you know, when it was um, like, I, did you guys have the Black Thunders or I don't know? We what, did, yeah, in fact, Thunder. where I lived, we had Osher Ginsburg, who then was still Andrew Ginsburg. Spidey was oh, running the Black Thunders. Interesting. Yeah, well, we, um, I think back in those days, yes, they definitely did. But for us, we just had scripts because it's, it got to the point where it was, um, it was just a sales mechanism. We can't trust you and we have to plug something. Essentially, that was it. And it meant that clients could rely on the messaging. So there mm. wasn't 80s Mike going off script and, you know, <laughs> r- ruining the brand. <laughs> um, there is so much marketing speak going on in this podcast already. <laughs> People, keep up. Oh, I'm just glad that I could bring it to <laughs> um, Yeah. But, I mean, to be honest, like, so many people would say, oh, my God, you've got the best job in the world. And at times it kind of was hilarious. And then there were, like, awful moments. But, like, I would do things like um, I went to the the train station here in Adelaide where the um, the GAN comes in. No, the Indian Pacific across from Perth. Yes. And I had to pick up one of the presenter's um, soda streams because his mum was sending it and he missed it because he'd moved from Perth to Adelaide. So 
I went and picked up with a sign his soda stream because he'd named it. Um, yes. Just brilliant commercial radio stuff, you know. But um, yeah. so I did that and would do crosses back to them. Um, I did, I took a woman to work from her city apartment to her office on the back of a camel. <laughs> <laughs> What? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't on the camel, but I was the street team member that was with her doing the whole thing. I had to scoop up the poop as it went along. <laughs> Don't let anyone ever say commercial radio is not uh, glamorous. Um, oh. And what else? Oh, I interviewed One Direction dads, like dads that were at a One Direction concert. <laughs> yes. Which was eye-opening. To say. The, actually, the guy that I found was just genuinely a good dad. Like he wasn't like, yeah. Oh, it was shit. He was just kind of like, um, nah, those boys, they, they got, they put on a great show and the kids really liked it. And I was like, that's actually really nice. Like, good on you. Dad. Yeah. Well done. Father of the year. Um, yeah. So that kind of stuff, I, I thought maybe commercial radio, I was like, yeah, I could, I could give this a whirl. Um, the world spun out. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> There is only so much, like a lot of the time the job required babysitting um, because you would be at family events for um, the launch of a new sub-development somewhere that thought, you know, that's great. (laughs) We'll have the the street team there. Um, Yeah. And like we would have a lot of fun, but like a lot of people would just see us as childminders. So they'd come and dump their kids while they'd walk around and have a look. And most of the yeah. time it was fine, but uh, I always remember at the um, the, uh, the Royal Adelaide show, so, you know, the, the Easter show or the Echo mm. or whatever you guys call it, um, <laughs> on the Friday night it would be, we, we had this thing set up for X Factor um, and it was a big promo and it just became pretty much teen experiment, like experimentation hour. <laughs> so like there'd be the kids in the back, like on the, the um, bean bags, just kind of making out. And then there'd be like all these things. And we're just standing there thinking like, what, what is life? <laughs> 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 but it was like a lot of fun. Like we, we sort of just like had a really good core group of people and we just mm. pissed about really like got the job done and, had a, had a lot of laughs, um, a lot of early starts, a lot of late finishes, but uh, that was, yeah, working on a street team. Um, wow. But after that, I thought <laughs> I did a complete 180 and got work at 891, which is the the ABC here in Adelaide. Mm-hmm. And I loved it there. Like, I, I still, like, I love 891. Um, I'm an yeah. oldie at heart. Um and I was producing for the the Arvos. I was I was a casual producer, which meant anyone could take me at any point. So like, if they needed to fill a shift for breakfast or um, evenings, which whichever one I would do. But I mostly did the afternoon shift, which is such yep. a good show because a there's zero politics because and sometimes yep. you just need a break from it on AM. You yes. just you just don't care what the premier has to say. You want to talk to the people that either affects or people who are actually doing stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah that was great. I loved I loved producing um, Arvo's because, we did, like, the presenter was great and she, she just knew so much. Like, you would give her any story and she'd just take to it as if 
she'd been studying it for however long, even if she'd got right. the press. And no, I'd never had to prompt anything. It was just like, hey, there's this cool thing that's happening down at this area of the city. Um, we're getting the person in. And she was like, okay, cool. I like that. I'll talk to him. And that was it. Wow. That's a real skill. And that's kind of the dream. Yeah. Gosh, so you got to walk the hallowed halls of ABC Adelaide and, and particularly as a part of uh, 891 and, and doing all that sort of stuff. There's some great people. It's such a rich culture there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's like, it's an amazing, quirky, like you just feel like the craziest family when you're working there because it's, and that's, that's exactly how they would describe themselves. And I was just another one of those. And um, <laughs> I, I think I told you that I never really had nicknames growing up, but another name that I was given working at 891 um, by the, you would know um, Michael Smith, a lot of, some yes. of your listeners probably even follow him on Twitter. Um decided to nickname me hipster because I was like one of the the youngest people or that I just seemed to have some kind of understanding of pop culture. And so he, he liked to call me that. Um, so, yeah, we all had our little place there. Um, yeah. It's, it's a real institution. If you, you can all... Uh, you can almost leave Adelaide for 10 years, come back, switch on 891, and you're guaranteed to hear this, the same stuff. And that's not in a negative way. That's like in a nice, familiar, um, comfortable jumper sort of way. Yes. Not enough can be said about the comfortable jumper as far as I'm concerned. I mean, not in October when it's actually the sun's shining, but... Well, I don't know. I mean, we're... I'm sure it's the same for you. We're recording this early October 2016 and it's that perfect point of spring where the mornings are brisk. Mm. You know, you can't necessarily do the T-shirt by itself, but by about one o'clock in the afternoon, if you've got a jumper on, you are crazy stupid. Correct. I mean, Adelaide, we've had some insane weather for the last week and a half. Um, The entire state lost power, which was... I, I just... The whole night, I just was chuckling to myself. I was like, the whole state has lost power. The, the whole state has lost power. Yes. Um, funnily enough, I never lost power because I was at work the whole time where we have generators. And then by the time I got home, it was late enough that the power had started coming back on. But yeah, um, yeah that was, I mean, gosh, Adelaide, love them, love it. <laughs> Oh, look, and have a look at the agendas that have rolled out since that as far as how and why people think it happened and oh. who to blame, and it's crazy town. It is. It's, you've got to love it, but I, yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah, that, what did I get up to there? Gosh. So we're at 891. 891, yeah. So I, up until this point at 891, I have never had a proper full-time job, and I use that P word quite sparingly because I think what is a proper job in the noughties now, whatever. But um, in terms of having your parents be okay telling their friends what you do, I feel like <laughs> yes. that's proper. And that's not, that's no disrespect to my parents because they actually would uh, nothing but proud of what I do. I use that in the yeah. general sense, not in my parents' situation. But um, yeah, so I'm piecing together this sort of, career if you can call it that with working at 891 casually writing for things like um oh god uh, i did a couple of pieces unpaid for mamma mia 
There yes, is welcome a, to the club. There is a shirtless photo of me out there somewhere on Mamma Mia. Um, Great. And I also did, yeah. Um, what else did I do? I, like I would do stuff for Junkie or I wrote yeah. for the drum. Um, and when I say wrote, like it's a few pieces here and there. I was hardly, you know, um, Helen Razor getting like, you know, I'm not writing three things a week for these places. It was yeah. just sporadic when I felt angered or the need to, um, or like I needed some extra cash. Um, yes. so yeah, I'm piecing together this career. I was also working at a, um, art gallery here in Adelaide on the weekends, which was just me sitting in a room, um, minding the art. Uh, <laughs> it's actually like one of the most peaceful jobs you will have. And I had a computer and I could just do whatever I wanted. It was kind of amazing. Um, so I really enjoyed that until it started encroaching on my actual social life on weekends. But, <laughs> but I mean, I mean that's overrated, right? Yeah. Um, so by this stage, eight nine one, loving it. Just you know, can't get enough of it, and that they seem happy with me, which is kind of what you want in a job. Yep. And I am, yeah, finally kind of happy with everything. It's all um, humming along, and then BuzzFeed had been. I'd had some interactions with BuzzFeed in their initial stages of hiring and had never been successful and um, had just kind of kept it on the boil because you could be a community member there. And so, you know, every so often I'd put something together and kept kept in touch there. And all of a sudden I'm really happy at 891 and then this job comes up there and it's full time, um, but it's in the, the big city, you know, it's in Sydney. Um, yeah. And they offered me a job and I was like, wow, it's, it's not, it has to be the best feeling to have a job that you're very happy in and to be excited about a job you're going to. I feel like that's probably the best situation you'll ever be in when it comes to work because mostly it's yes. people either being fed up and walking out or, um, or just like scrimping for the whole time and waiting for something to come along. So I'm very lucky when it came to that. Um, so, yeah, I hopped up and moved to the big smoke which is my dad's hometown. So it wasn't as, holy crap, I'm moving to Sydney, but it still was huge. Yeah. Oh, there was some comfort there for you, but it's still, yeah, a whole other place. Oh, yeah. And Sydney's insane. Like, don't yeah. let their Instagram photos fool you. That place is trash, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, if you follow the wrong people on, on Twitter or on Instagram, all you will get is have a look at how glorious Bondi is. Oh, the harbour, it's marvellous. Aren't I lucky to live here? They should just shut up. Honestly, the 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 weather thing is a myth. <laughs> I have been more. I have even after the week I've had in Adelaide with the storms, I was rained on more in Sydney than I have ever been in my life. <laughs> I will give it. To, I will give it to them though. The weather is genuinely like just warmer. So while mm. it's rainy, you're still like steaming because it's muggy. And they have stunning, beautiful beaches and like amazing yeah. pools that I was able to, you know, go to whenever I wanted, which was quite nice. It's just, it's a hard place to live because it's so big and so busy. Oh, yeah, so hard to get around. Oh, yeah, totally. And while it's not that expensive in a general sense, I know things like rent and, you know, parking and all that. I feel like their main thing is you spend a whole lot of your money either on rent or if you are a millionaire buying a house but on the whole there's actually quite a lot of affordability in terms of 
eating places just because of competition where yep. the quality's there as is the lower cost because they have to. Yes. But anyway, um, moving to Sydney was huge. And um, I actually never wanted to leave Adelaide. It's not, I've, I'm not one of those people that kind of upped and thought, mm, screw you, Adelaide, I'm out of here. It was just, you can't say no to a full-time job. Not, not in this day and age, I don't think. It's tough, yeah. You've got to have something good to, to validate the not doing it. 100%. And so I said yes and just did it. And it was hard because I wasn't, I was leaving every, like everything. Like yeah. my entire, I've, I'd pieced together this whole existence here and had never really wanted to leave, but the opportunity was just too great. Yeah, sure. Anyway, so um, BuzzFeed is like hilarious and just this eye-opening, full of possibilities. Like it's overwhelming, really, if you think about it, the the stuff that is at your fingertips. Mm. Um, So, I mean, in my first week there, I was done up as a sailor for one of those makeover videos that they do. Um, Yes. And I did countless taste testing videos where I ate Japanese lollies or um, Filipino fish or um, <laughs> just trying to think. They were, I, and my last video there was a favour to um, one of the video people. She was like, well, someone's just dropped out. Do you mind being in this video? Cause I, I, and I kind of was like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, don't worry. I'm not going to make you do the crazy one. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it was trying on latex clothing. <laughs> so uh, needless to say, mine was just like literally, it looks like a dinner suit, but it's latex. It was the weirdest thing. Wow. Um, so yeah, anyway, after I was there for about nine months and I just felt I wasn't my best self in Sydney. And mm-hmm. I actually, I'm not in like, you know, people say, Oh, only nine months. I'm like, yeah, actually I'm fine with that. Like, Nine months was plenty of time for me. I had some really lovely people from Sydney that I have as friends. And I also had a lot of lovely Adelaide people who live there um, as mates. And yep. like I played in an AFL nines team, which was a whole lot of fun. And, you know, we, we would, I feel like as non-Sydney people, we would get out and do a lot more things that Sydney people wouldn't do, like just because you know, they know it's yeah. there. So, you know, we would, mm. we made them, I made the most of the nine months I was there. And, um, and it's also made me have this other appreciation for the city because up until that point, I'd only really known Sydney as that's where we would visit my dad's side of the family who all lived there. And we wouldn't really live in and around, like they live out in the suburbs. So it was just kind of a nice experience to see a, a different side of the city, and B, why I never want to live there again. <laughs> but it is, it is and I talk, I, I trash talk it all the time, but it's kind of that love-hate thing. It, it's such a beautiful and awful place all at once. And yeah. um, and I'm, I'm just grateful that I was able to do that. For sure. Yeah. Well, that, so that wrapped up Sydney. <laughs> Sydney. Um, and then also I have to be grateful for it because the opportunities since then um, when I finished up there, it almost felt like people saw, oh, you've lived in Sydney? Oh, you must have lived. Um, yeah. <laughs> have an opportunity. 
<laughs> you know, I, I had worked in media for like eight or nine years in Adelaide, but, you know, go to Sydney for nine months and wow, this, this resume <laughs> really pops. <laughs> no, I, I kid. Um, then um, SBS was doing some growing, I guess you'd call it, and they offered me the most amazing opportunity to be able to write for them, for any of their mastheads um, in their social news team from Adelaide, which wow. is just like, I, I was so grateful for that. And um, I had such a, they had such a good team and they were doing really fun things. And I had such um, an amazing um, um, ability to, to be able to do whatever I want. I could write about, oh, Justin Bieber has just got dreadlocks and the internet's melting down. Or I could write about a Kurdish designer in the outskirts of Adelaide. And right. like, that was just so exciting. And what you really want to be able to do as a writer to be getting paid to do things that tick along the get you know, the clicks and all of that, but also stuff that the better, the, the, like, I don't want to say better, but you know, the more interesting things and the more representative things. And that I, I was so like, so grateful that um, I was, they gave me a chance and let me just run with it. Like, um, you know, yeah. I, I wrote some clickier stuff for sure, but yeah, like the Kurdish designer, it was just amazing going to speak to this this woman out in um, the suburbs of Adelaide. And then I was able to talk to, um, there was a refugee cafe in Adelaide and I went along and yeah. um, spoke with them and did a nice little piece on them. And hey, maybe only a handful of people read them, but those were the things that I was like really proud of and, yeah. and happy to have been able to do. And they all seemed so happy to have that as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, then, it, then I came to a fork in the road because, um, there was this opportunity at seven where I'd been told of this role and to get in touch and all of that. And so it came down to basically adult decision. Do I continue with SBS doing this fun, getting up at eight o'clock in the morning, writing in my trackies, finishing at four and not knowing where that will actually, if I will get more employment, if there will be extensions to the contract, or do I take an adult job where I go to an office and wow, it's actually yeah. a real, real world, um, once again, you know, quote unquote. Um, and I think at the end of the day, I just kind of thought I've done the piecing everything together for so long. It's nice to have the opportunity to just have one place to sink my teeth yeah. into it, to have a job in Adelaide at the number one network uh, in media, in social media. Like I couldn't say no to that. There's just no, it's like, pretty yeah, absolutely no way I could say no to it. And I'm so glad I did, didn't say no because you know, it's, it's been great. And to be fair, working not only the number one network in, in the city, but the number one news team that have had like insane rating success. Yeah, and they're just all so incredible, so helpful. Um, and you wouldn't know from walking into this place that they're rating success. It, there's, there's no egos. There's no airs and graces. It's just we do a good job, we get the facts right, and we do it first. And that's kind of incredible. And, um, and I'm just happy to be a part of the team and being able to showcase their stuff online. Oh, Mikey. <laughs> Whew, you going to buy me dinner now? <laughs> Just... <laughs> <laughs> Smoke him if you got oh. him. That's... 
that's a runaway train version of your life, man. That's incredible. I know. God, I feel so full of myself for having to tell you all that. But I guess that's part of the podcast, right? <laughs> to- well, yes, it totally is. Um, in fact, to the point where I'm going to say we're going to have to have another conversation in the near future soon um, to talk about all of the other things that we can talk about. There's more? <laughs> <laughs> we barely scratched the surface of who you are and we've done it in 36 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can talk. I'll give, it, I'll give myself that. Oh, but so entertaining. It's about the, the one thing that I know the most about and enjoy talking about. <laughs> People are going to think I'm this awful person, but really, uh, really, I don't, I don't actually often just sit there and have a, have a chat about me. Oh, no, I opened the door for you, mate. There's not a stress about That's that. That's true. Delightful conversation. I will, I will throw a couple of questions aside from that before we finish up. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. Oh, man. There's so much going on in all that. <laughs> I don't know how I sleep at night, honestly. <laughs> well, I'll ask you some simple stuff. What is your favorite takeaway food choice? When you get to go out and go, I'm going to have a, what is it? Do you know what? I love Italian. It's, uh, it's in my blood and I just think, how can you go past carbs? Carbs on carbs on carbs. <laughs> so like oh, yeah. pizza, pasta, garlic bread, that. I just love that. And I know it's the worst one for you probably, but I love it. Dude, it's a sometimes food, right? Depending on what and how you have. But that's that's totally reasonable. Italian is great food. Yeah. I I just think, you know. (laughs) 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 Oh, gosh. Uh, If we came to pizza, if it was that, do you have a specific special order or you'll just go, I'll have whatever is hot? I do. I am a creature of habit. Um, and there's one place in Adelaide that I love and they do this pizza that it's called the Monte Bianco, which is, um, I don't I think it means Mount White. I don't know what Monte means. I'm a terrible Italian, um, <laughs> but it's essentially that like, um, a bruschetta base and then it's yes. got, um, tomato and boccancini and they, they they cook the base but they put the tomato and the boccancini on fresh and then I usually get artichoke added to that so it's not your conventional pizza and I do love a cooked conventional pizza but that one mm. I do love a lot it's a hot and cold vibe yeah it's so good honestly and the next day it's just as good too oh I can imagine I mean, I'm not a big raw tomato fan, but I understand yeah, look, it's, the flavor. It's not for everyone. Like... I get that. It's not for everyone. And artichoke, I did put a picture of it on Twitter and someone was like, that is amazing, minus the artichoke. And I was thinking, you're crazy. But yeah, You can keep that artichoke, but mm. nothing good ever happened with an artichoke heart, ever. They're delicious. You take that back. <laughs> what reality TV show would you love to star in? Um, okay. I would love, this is going to get real specific, but I would love to be on Big Brother circa 01 to 04. Wow, early Big Brother. Because, I mean, admittedly, the first one would have been the best one to be on, but it was so pure, you know, back in those Mm. days. It was, um, despite the fact that there was a turkey slap incident, which is very unpure. But uh, Oh, that was four or five, wasn't it? Oh, okay. Let's push that one up further. Um, but yeah, I just feel like back in those days, I just loved the concept and it was simple. There was no yep. 
like tricks and you know they they did intruders and they did that but it was just we put people under the microscope and i just lived for up late like i could just sit there for hours and just watch them before they brought in all the, the games and stuff um to make it a money spinner but i just loved it like i loved the year that um ben won uh i was a huge mm-hmm. fitzy but back then he was frizy fan um yeah, frizy you know Sarah Marie, I just thought she was hilarious. Like all of that, I just loved it all. And it Chrissy was, and Reggie, Chrissy and I mean, clearly Chrissy oh. was the best. Um, and who was the guy that was the third with them? Um, oh, Tim Brown, Adelaide boy. No, 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 it wasn't Tim. Oh, he was in the next year. Um, Chris, Gosh, Reg- what was his name? Oh, Dan, Daniel. I want to say Dan. It could have been. He was, he was like, like he had all these characters he could drop out. Yeah, it was so He worked good. up here in Adelaide at one of those like Westfields at the intensity, like where you, like those parlor yes. games. He was one of, he looked after them. Wow. <laughs> There's some big brother knowledge. Yeah. I just thought like, it just looked like so much fun. And then you came out and everyone knew who you were. Nowadays, I think that sounds horrifying. I would, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want the general public to know who I am just by the fact that I'm on social media. <laughs> but the, back then it was like wow like and you get to go on rove like what year like yeah what 12 year old boy's dream wasn't to be able to go i was on rove anyway um yeah well it was a sad life i lived um <laughs> no that's not sad at all i was obsessed i in fact mikey i would offer that i it was always a thing that, that got under my skin because digital television was relatively new mm. then uh, and then, of course, when Nine did it recently, they still they missed the opportunity as well. They should have run a, a effectively a pop up or converted one of their channels to twenty four hour Big Brother. Do you know what the problem with though? And this is I've read lots about this. They Nine took it and made it a family friendly product, and they didn't want to associate it with the like seedy, grimy kind of uncut that Ten had. And I think that's what scared them and they had such a success with that first season when they rebooted it um that that's why that tailed off really oh definitely and i guess the problem with the 24-hour thing is how do you control a turkey slap and that i think is why you'll see most of those i think around the world there is very few full use of digital and multi and um, social media platforms because they're scared of what that what they could see because nowadays they just put in nut jobs that they want to have fight against each other. So I don't know. It seems like a risk, but yeah, back in the day, I would have bought well, back in the day. They were live streaming it. You could jump on. I know that was like early, early days, live streaming, right? Well, it was how the Turkey slap incident got mm. broken as a story because people went nuts going, where did the stream go? We just saw this thing happen. What happened? Mm. Mm. Yeah, and that's when like message boards were so important to them because, oh, like to the yeah. fans because everyone was like, "I saw this, I saw this." Yeah. Anyway, I didn't want to be in that turkey slap season, but I would have definitely been no. in the earlier ones when it was, you know, it was still fresh and new. And that first season was just so amazing watching all the housemates come out and they were like, "What the hell?" Yeah. People were watching. Yeah, and they were watching. Oh. It's so mm. insane numbers. I really enjoyed the Big Brother celebrity season that they did, uh, even though it was very sort of shark jumpy. Yeah, yeah, with Kyle and with... Dylan? uh, Adriana Xenides and Dylan Lewis. So Dylan, full circle, but he was on The Breakfast Show when I was working at Nova. So it was so weird seeing him, like, 
with his because he was couch potato. No, raid. No, what was it? Couch potato. I can't even remember. I've lost recovery. recovery thank you. Um, yeah. So it was like really young Michael with um, recovery, then middle Michael with Big Brother Dylan, and then Nova. And I was just like, this is blowing my mind. Wow. I remember very distinctly the first time they had to vote on Big Brother, the celebrity version here in Australia. And he walks in and sits on the chairs of Dylan, walks in, sits on the chair. <sighs> Big Brother, it's getting harder and harder every week. And I just went, you are playing this note perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and that's still- just it. Yeah, it was so great. Mikey, with all that we've talked about, this seems a little bit moot, but I'll still ask it. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? Well, um, oh, what am I going to achieve? It's a good question because at the moment, if you ask, like normally when you're in a job, you think, where do I want to go with this job? But at the moment, I'm kind of at like a really good level because yes. it's I'm hopefully, you know, going to grow and um, not personally. I mean, maybe I will, but um, I, I would just love to really sink my teeth in here and take seven news's social media just keep pushing it for further forward um, mm-hmm. and, and leading the way um, and just growing it really. Um, and in, and in life, I guess just enjoy living and working in Adelaide. <laughs> so lame, but yeah, I think like that's, that's what I would, that's what I've been wanting this whole time to have a job and to be living and being able to live, in Adelaide, and now I can do that. I'm just such a lame-o. I don't think it's lame. <laughs> I also, I mean, not me personally, but I'd love to see the Crows win a flag, but I don't know if that's going to happen in 12 months. I mean, if it could, that would be great. Yeah, that could be tough. That's like asking the Lions to win in 12 months. Time. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But miracles do happen. Um, yeah, I think I think that's what I'll do. I, I haven't quite... Do you know what? It's exciting to think that right now I'm, I don't want to say that mediocrity is winning, but I'm happy where I am. So anything that, anything that continues on in this trajectory, I'm also happy for. So there's, there's not me sitting there like thinking I want to host seven news. Like that's, that's not what I'm thinking. I'm just happy in my role and happy to be doing what I'm um, being given the opportunity to do and hoping that will continue forward. Politically sure. correct answer. <laughs> hey, Mikey. Yeah. Sorry, should I say, hey, 80s Mike? <laughs> That's Mark, crazy. Michael? I don't know. <laughs> oh, hipster. Um, mate, thank you so much for the chance to speak with you today. Please know the things that you've said are very special and you're highly valued. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for having me. Now, you are someone who, look, occasionally will do some tweeting. Are there other social accounts you would want people to know about? Uh, no, I mean, honestly, if you follow me on Twitter, I apologise. Um, and <laughs> if you don't follow me on Twitter, you're living your best life. Um, <laughs> I just, Thanks, oh, and, and also, if you're at Mikey Nicholson without the underscore, I'm coming for you. That's <laughs> yeah. I want that account. It's the, the guy has literally tweeted four things, none, of, and they were all five or seven years ago. I don't even remember. Just hit up someone at Twitter. Yeah, I should. In- well, particularly because you're in a social media role, mm. then you should be able to 
you should have contact with Twitter from a producer point of view to be able to make sure that all of the people in the newsroom are ticked and all of the rest of it. Um, I'm not even verified. I'm to... unverified. I hold that. Uh, I only just the other day went onto their um, auto verification thing and tried, and I feel like I'm going to get knocked back because I didn't. <laughs> I didn't really try that hard. And in the last box, I just said, "I'll let you be the judge." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Anyway, I don't have a tick, and you know what? I'm okay with that. I think we all should be. Hmm. Who needs that blue slash white tick, whatever you want to call it? It's a, that's something only people without ticks say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Mikey underscore Nicholson for now is indeed human. Do you, do you need me to say anything, or is that it? 